to me, it sounds like he just, I mean, everybody's had some bad dates, you know, where mm-hmm. some, some bad sex where somebody could complain because, you know, he stuck it in the wrong hole or some shit. There's always <laughs> something that can happen, you know, in, in, in the course of a man's life trying to get laid. You get in my face with that, I'll beat your goddamn ass, you son of a bitch. You piece of shit. You fucking goddamn fucker. Listen, fuckhead. You fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. Stop pushing your shit. Stop pushing your shit. Do you remember when Gavin McInnes, I don't know if it was the first or second time he was on Rogan, and he was talking about his ass and shout it out? (laughs) (laughs) That was. That's that's when I stopped watching Gavin. (laughs) He started talking shit about. He he called uh, Adam Curry was talking about Gavin on Joe Rogan. And uh, Gavin like responded on his show, which nobody sees because it's banned from everything. Yeah. But Gavin, Gavin was like, "This fucking retard, Adam Curry or whoever he is. I guess he invented podcasting." <laughs> and and uh, Gavin, I like Gavin a lot, but he look came off off as a total douche in this. And uh, yeah, well, Adam, is. Adam like yeah. responded. I mean, Adam responded to uh, Gavin calling him a retard. He's like, "Who's the retard?" And he had the video. He replied with the video of Gavin <laughs> shoving a dildo up his ass on live on live on there. But no, uh, I was gonna I was gonna bring up uh, Gavin that. talking about um, on Joe Rogan when he you were talking about putting things in the wrong hole. Yeah, and Gavin had this story about him and Shane Smith, the the head of Vice. Do you remember this when he they were they were double they were like double oh, penetration yeah. a chick, yeah. and he yeah. like thought he was in her ass while she was he was in her pussy, but it turned out he like slid his dick into his condom, and they were just like dick on dick. <laughs> yeah, and I was like. Gee. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what to Ridiculous. say about that, man. It sounds like a fake story. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like one of those stories that he's like, people. I mean, you know, if, if you ain't got nothing good to say, you just make up some shit. But yeah, yeah I mean, you should. Just, that's why you just you don't do a threesome with two dudes. You just you just don't yeah, do that. It's never, you know, it's never a good idea. I mean, <laughs> I mean, unless you're like really hard up. Like I would think Gavin's not that hard up. You know what I mean? Like a regular dude who's not too hard up is going to pass up a, a two dude threesome, <laughs> you know, unless you got a little a yeah. little gay in you. I wasn't sure what hard up meant, but now I get you. It's like hard up. Yeah, like, it's he, like it's my the brain only was chance you're going like to get laid boner. for years. Yeah, it's like the only. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get laid for another twenty years if I don't take this chance. Okay, maybe all right. Yeah, know, for me it'd like, be a hard pass. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> I I just now that Noah's here, I guess we can uh, play the intro. I'm already rolling, but. I thought I had seen every one of your videos, Ping or Mark. It's impossible, man. It's too many of them. Yeah, I. But uh, uh, Noah was over here the other day, and we were watching some. And we came across. I came across one I had not seen. So if it's cool, I took out a little clip of that. If we can start with that before oh, the yeah, intro, man. I don't mind anybody playing my shit, just as long as you go, "Hey, well, that's a Ping trip video." Yeah. So people. Oh yeah. Yeah, we've fine. been linking. We've been linking to your YouTube channel and shit on our website as well. Appreciate it, man. I need all the help lately. YouTube is fucking kicking kicking my ass, dude. It's a tough <laughs> sight. Yeah, you're. Uh, does YouTube have an equivalent of shadow banning? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't seems know like because it. it's too hard. To, it's too hard to tell if you're shadow banned. I just. I just know that uh, sometimes it seems like the harder I work, uh, the the worse results I get. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this intro going. I read some random comment that Tulsi Gabbard had showed her thong on a live stream. Not that I cared that much about, uh, ah, hell, who am I kidding? Of course I want to see her in her thong. God damn, son. 
So I went over to the old Google and started typing it in. Hey Google, show me Tulsi Gabbard's song. Listen, this is what you're going to search. Type in Tulsi Gabbard's pussy. Yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. Type it in there, fucker. Yeah. Type that shit in there right now. Tulsi Gabbard sucking a big dick. Yeah, that's more like it. I want to fuck a slut. Type it in there, pussy. I want to fuck a fucking slut. I want a fucking whore. Hey, Google, give me a fucking whore. No matter how much I searched for Tulsi Gabbard's thong, I only found articles about male privilege. Hey, is this fucking... What are we doing over here? I have something to say. Hello? Well, that's not very interesting. Hello, testing, check, one, two, three, four. Caleb Stevenson. Yes. Because this virus essentially was invented. Abs and a six pack. Yeah, maybe Michelle Obama like, might be a man. I don't know. Uh, smoking weed, drinking vodka. Would a bad set of boobs on a nice girl be fine? Or would a bad set of butt on a nice girl be fine? I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. What the fuck's going on? It's Abs in a Six Pack broadcasting live from East Tennessee. This is episode 30, and I'm Chris Arnold. I'm Noah Beamer. And we're joined by Pink Trip. Thanks for being Howdy. here, bro. Thanks for having me, man. You're in the Tennessee state, all right? You're going to be hanging out with Ben Shapiro, right? Oh, yeah. He's moving to Nashville. Is that, that's what I heard. Yeah, Tennessee sounds like a good place to live these days, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, Theo Vaughn's moving here too, I think, and a couple other people. Like I, Shapiro can stay in California for all I care. <laughs> yeah, at least not everybody's coming to Texas. Thank God, there's other places because we got too many people already. Oh, you're in Texas? Yeah, I'm in the San Antonio area. Oh, nice. Yeah, Joe, I've never been to Texas. I'd, I'd love to go. Yeah, Texas is cool, dude. It's you know, I'm I'm a very proud Texan, so I can talk for hours about Texas. So it's probably probably not good to bring that up. I'll go forever. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. With that. Uh, <laughs> like since Noah and I both listen to No Agenda, so Adam Curry's in Austin, and of course, since you know, I it's not something I'm proud of, but I'm a huge Alex Jones fan, so like he's in Austin, so like Me I too. hear a lot about Texas. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool, man. You know, uh, it's it's interesting that everybody's moving, but you know the thing is, everybody goes, well, Austin sucks. Austin sucks. But what they don't understand is they're not really moving to Austin. They're moving to like the Marble Falls area outside of Austin. That's fucking beautiful and conservative governors. I mean, conservative right. conservative governorship for those little towns. So, like, I I'm been tempted to move out there, but now if I move out there, everybody's gonna be like, oh, you're just trying to get close to Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> He does follow you on Twitter, I saw, so that's pretty impressive. Well, not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he is kind of uh, uh, creating an industry or propelling an industry forward. Yeah, I tell you what, if he opens a fucking comedy club, I'd be tempted maybe to try it out at that point. I've always right? been tempted to try out stand-up. You know? I think I could do it if I put enough time into it. But I never wanted to fucking do the 10 years of traveling in your car, eating fucking shit out mm-hmm. of the garbage <laughs> to, yeah. fucking, to make it as because that's a that's a hard job man to make it in right well i mean i can 
I, I've only seen like caught like two or th- three of your podcasts live, um, but I could tell you're a funny dude, especially just like the the comedic sensibilities it takes to like make the videos you make. Just just the editing aspect, like you take like a benign conversation, kind of like a. I don't really want to bring up Vic Berger because he blocked me on Twitter, but it's it is that kind of a style. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, that that brings us right back to Gavin McGinnis shitting out a dildo, a dildo because that's when I stopped following Vic Berger when he reaped that because that's how I found I, that's how I saw that clip all of a sudden in my fucking feed and uh, on Twitter I'm looking at Gavin McGinnis and I'm like what is oh my god he's shitting a dildo out and then I stopped following <laughs> Vic Berger as well it's like why would you do well, that to me Vic well uh, Vic blocked me because I I have well let me backtrack I have a huge problem with people like Tim Heidecker. And uh, Michael Ian Black and Vic Berger and people that I think are funny, but advocate censorship. Yeah, man. It's It's, like if you're a comedian, you're supposed to not advocate like uh, like when when Alex had um, I mean, when Rogan had Alex on Tim Heidecker went on this Twitter rampage about like how he shouldn't be giving Alex a platform and all this nonsense. It's like, dude, first of all, Alex is way funnier than you. Yeah. And second of all, like, yeah, it's, I don't know. But yeah, I guess uh, the reason Vic blocked me was I, I said like, hey, man, like I wasn't even mean about it. I was just like, dude, you're funny. But like you're you like you can't be advocating for people you don't like to not have a voice. And he blocked me and I was like, all right, I don't need to see your videos anyway, Vic Berger. Yeah, I've had <laughs> I've had so many people I was uh, fans of that this whole new political landscape is kind of ruined, you know, like. The first CD, the first music CD I ever bought was the Spin Doctors. And I was, yeah. I, don't know if, I was, I was young, right? So I grew, I was born in 82. So the Spin Doctors was like when I was like 11 or whatever, it was all over the fucking MTV. Remember, you guys remember the Spin Doctors? Yeah, I saw them in Memphis. Yeah. At uh, yeah. Beale Street Music Festival. Mm-hmm. So I had a little one of those going back down memory lane and I was like, man, this is a fucking good album. I remember why I like this shit. It's like, it's kind of unique, you know? And then, uh, I was like, oh, I wonder what this lead singer's up to. And I go on Twitter. And, of course, it's all this fucking lefty, you know, white people are bad shit on this Twitter line. And I'm like, God damn, now I can't even, I can't even remember the, spa- the spin doctors fondly. I just, like, I know, it's just dude. ruins everything, man. Like, Twitter, everybody else. Twitter ruined of, Jim Carrey for me. Twitter yeah. just totally ruined Jim Carrey for me. Dude, the list goes on and on and on of people that I was a fan of. And now I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, this, well, it's this like, whole country, man. It's what Rogan talks about, and he's right. Um, it, it, people just like in the entertainment industry have to fit in, and they know what they have to say and how radical they have to be <clears throat> to get on the good side of you know movie executives and casting directors. That's kind of how I see it now too. It's like I don't even think these people really believe any of this shit. It's just like yeah. this is what I have to say to be accepted by the industry. You know, it's, uh, I don't know, man. There's a lot of people that, that are just sucked in by whatever they think is the, the accepted norm. And they just want to be that rather than actually think about something logically and come up with a reasoned opinion, you know? Mob mentality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's even worse than that. It's like, what, what, what do I have to do to be accepted by, uh, by people you know like it's yeah i guess mob mentality explains it yeah <laughs> and it, it's yeah. on the right too a little bit like it, the oh, left is everywhere. like in yeah in, in in you know the last in the era of trump it's really obvious on the left because they like 
Well, I mean, you, I don't even have to explain it. It's obvious. It's obvious on the left, but on the right, it's the same way. Like there's people that blindly, no matter what Trump does, love it. Or like a, one of the best examples of that is <clears throat> Trump keeps talking about like, if you burn an American flag, you should get a minimum one year in prison. And it's like, yeah. It's freedom of speech, burning a flag. It's like, unless if you're burning someone else's flag on their property, yeah, that's arson and vandalism. But if you buy an American flag and burn it, what's that classic Bill Hicks joke where he's like, my daddy died for that flag. And Bill Hicks is like, really? No. I bought mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, shit like uh, that, like Republicans blindly are like, yeah, fuck yeah, Trump's right, man. You should go to jail for that shit. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, it'd be nice if we just were all about the Constitution, you know, Agreed. like this, that to me is, is where it's at, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's hard to be happy with the right, but then you look at the left and you go, what other choice is there at this point, you know, it's, it's about all we got that's close to sanity, but yeah, there's a lot to complain about with Trump, and to me, where I complain is like he hasn't done enough to protect the First Amendment, uh, he gave in to these lockdowns. I mean, when, when we when they first started the lockdown talk, he was against it, remember? And they were like, oh, everybody's calling him out for it. So then he went along with the lockdowns. And I was like, dude, you should have just I still think he would have been all right. People think if he if he didn't do the lockdowns that he would have been crucified. And it's like nobody cares what the fucking media says anymore. Trump supporters don't give a fuck what MSNBC or CNN thinks <clears throat> about Trump. You know, so who cares? Stop. Yeah. He lets the media control his actions still too much because he's still somewhere in the back of his mind he thinks he's going to win over msnbc and cnn when it's like no dude like they're the enemy well i think fox (laughs) news going on the like when democrats really took over fox news and they started turning on them like uh what's her name um that's like the head over at fox news now the dnc donna brazil i mean she's a head like she's 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 running fox news now I think she's at least on the board of directors. I think she's up there. Um, she's like, but yeah, like there was an obvious change. And like, I think Trump, that really made Trump realize that even Fox isn't always on his side. Cause like who on Fox is like worth a shit besides Tucker Carlson. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Tucker's good. Um, I don't know. I like Laura Ingram. She's not bad. You know? Um, yeah. I don't like Hannity, Hannity at all. I don't like Hannity because I saw how he fucking cucked out to the Bush administration so hardcore. So, you know, I just he don't, loved that war. Yeah, he just he doesn't. To me, it's like any Republican president. He's going to suck his dick all the way through. You know, right. and it's, you can't you don't want to trust somebody like that or watch somebody like that. But, um, yeah, I, I just think the media is just garbage. And Trump needs to just ignore the media and do what he thinks is right. And what his base wants, but he's still just so worried about what the media writes about him that it keeps him from being as effective as he could be. Because I we kind of need a pre- we need a president that's going to be pretty fucking tough and pretty uh, willing to go into into territory that other presidents wouldn't go to. Because these are unique times where we yeah. really have a section of this country that would burn it down in a second if they could. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, all the Soros operatives and everything. No, I think uh, I think there is like Trump has really kind of distanced distanced himself from like praising Fox News as much as he used to. Now he's like, you know, one American News. He yeah. promotes their stuff. He retweets some Infowars stuff still. So, well, that's the going. most frustrating part, man, of this whole thing is that when Trump came in, 
he kind of, I don't know what he could have done. Maybe he couldn't have done anything, but the censorship has been going on for a while now. That's really shut down the momentum that independent media had, right? Like going into the election, independent media was killing mainstream media, like YouTube, all these little independent media guys, like they were getting more views than YouTube. And then, you know, YouTube came up with this authoritative sources bullshit and, uh, started banning a lot of these fucking people. And, uh, and, now mainstream media has kind of got the power back that it was losing, you know? And that, that's the frustrating part to me is if the, the market would have just played out the way it should have played out in a natural way, mainstream media should have basically been killed by independent media on, on these big platforms. But This is Noah's beat. If you want to jump in, Noah, I know you have a lot to say about this. What's up, I mean, Noah? hey, not much. Um... Or if not, I just know you've always I mean, been. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, I, I agree, you know. Because you've, um, you've been, Noah, you've been saying, like, we need to break up the big, like, not just big tech, but, like, the big uh, media conglomerates. And I mean, there's a, there's a case to be made that there's a monopoly. Basically, a, a joint force of power that's got controlling a narrative um, within mainstream media. I mean, you can see it when you hear like the same headlines getting repeated when you see all these supercuts of, uh, you know, um, you know, local uh, news stations that are repeating the exact same headline Um, that that's coming from somewhere, you know, and you can make a case. Yeah, they they own everything. Like you're saying, it's a monopoly, right? So NBC doesn't just own their national platform. They own every local platform. That would be great if there was separation there and each local platform was its own thing that could report independently of the nationals. And then you at least have different opinions and more views rather than just one big fucking corporation Mm -hmm. controlling all of the narrative all the way through. So yeah, that'd be great to, to break them up. But I'd, I'd also start looking at them for treason. I think I think yeah, I think you, you could, could probably get a lot of these fuckers for treason. Like I mean, I would love to lock up our local mayor for treason because his his oath to office is to protect and serve the, the Constitution of the United States, right? I mean, that's the oath to office you take. Mm-hmm. These lockdowns are treasonous. You can't. I mean, they just basically did away with the First Amendment. And uh, to yeah, me, and that's 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 treasonous, dude. And it's, especially, right? I'm sure. There's probably something similar happened with your mayor Adler, uh, the mayor of Austin. Like this, had China pay for this expensive trip to Beijing, and he was hanging out in Beijing right before the virus and all this bullshit. And it's like holy, shit. there's. Yeah. I think the the biggest argument you could make for tr- like the whole Russia collusion thing is a red herring from the fact that most of our politicians are bought and paid for by China. They're essentially Chinese operatives. Uh, what's her name in the uh, Senate? Had, had China. Yeah, yeah. Feinstein had a Chinese spy as a as a personal driver for like over a decade, and yeah. just didn't know about it. Yeah, it's it's, like, come it's, on, it's a big problem. And I, I mean, I honestly think this whole coronavirus shit was all coordinated. I don't think any of it was was natural. I mean, you got that one doctor who's getting banned who's saying that China did create the virus. Now I don't know if she's lying or what, but it wouldn't surprise me. If, Facebook uh, banned was, Tucker Carlson's interview with her. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, why would you ban that? Like it just it just mm-hmm. makes it look like it makes it more believable when you ban the motherfucker. <laughs> you know, it right. makes you go, "Oh, why are you banning him?" I mean, 
if he's just telling bullshit, then you shouldn't be worried about it, you know? Yep. Back in December, Alex Jones had Dr. Francis Boyle on and he broke down how it was created in the lab. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. these French scientists, uh, the guy that won the Nobel Peace Prize for discovering HIV, said it was clearly a lab created. Um, I don't know if you've seen the documentary Plandemic 2, but that that was mind blowing. And of course, it was. I saw, I think there was, that's the one with the lady, right? Um, That that was part one. Okay, I haven't seen part two yet. Yeah. Part two, I'll link it in the show notes. It's really, it's really mind blowing how, because a lot of the stuff is stuff I already knew because I've been researching it heavy. Like we did a two part Bill Gates episode and some stuff about the virus. So I, I was already looking into it, but that, that pandemic two is a, is a, it's on bit shoot, but it's a crazy deep dive into just all the patents that uh, are owned and, uh, of, mm-hmm. of COVID-19 and like the money flow between Fauci and Gates and yeah. how, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely it, watch it. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's wild, man. Yeah. It's just weird how, <clears throat> when this all started kicking off, remember we started getting all those videos from China, uh, people like passing out in the streets. I remember the one where yeah. the cab, dri- the cab drivers driving and this guy, it's like right out of a horror movie. The guy gets into the cab and he's got a mask on and he's, he's, he's coughing. And then the guy's like, they're talking in Chinese about, do you have it? And he's like, I'm going to the, and then he just kicks him out. Like all these like clips from China that seem like they were produced by like Wes Craven or some shit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and then who was the first big company that, that shut down? Do you guys remember? No. The NBA. Was it the airlines? The NBA. The NBA. The NBA was like the one I remember Uh. that set the fucking cascade. The NBA was like, yeah, we're shutting down for the season. And everybody knows who the NBA answers to at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, LeBron James said it. Don't talk bad about and China. It, yeah, and even me, who I don't give a fuck about the NBA, when I saw, like, wait a minute, they're going to shut down the NBA season? Like, that, all of a sudden, that, that, that like, sent chills. And I'm sure it sent chills to the whole fucking country. Like, wait a minute, we're not going to have sports? We're not going to have basketball? Like, that kind of started the whole thing of all these other companies going, well, okay, if the NBA ain't going to play, then I guess we all got to, you know... And to me, it's all coordinated by China, by the Democratic Party, to yeah. try to somehow defeat Trump because they saw the writing on the wall. There was no chance with the great economy and uh, them not having a single politician that appeals to the people, you know? Yeah. You, you know how everybody always talks about how Bill Gates uh, predicted the virus? Like, he warned us, like the Netflix documentary <laughs> and when Colbert's on and Bill Gates is like, just wait for Pandemic 2. I call this Pandemic 1. Pandemic 2 will make people pay attention. Well, I was look, when we did the Bill Gates episodes, I was looking back and I'm thinking I was looking at the timeline of it when he gave the TED talk and all this stuff. Bill Gates was not waving his hands in the air about this virus until Trump got elected. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like they've had this in their back pocket as a contingency plan. But I, I think well, it's bigger than Trump, too. I think it's it's a it's been on the table for a while. If you look at stuff like lockstep in 2010 and all these plans by the Rockefeller Foundation and the. You went yeah. to like ha- like set up a world government. Um, a-, a virus was always talked about. Yeah, <clears throat> it seems. I-, I think there are a lot of people that uh, a lot of people in power who really want us to go full communist because they've been d- basically ripping off our country for a long time, right? And like the ultimate way to rip off a country is to go full communist because if you- if you're like in government. Right now, you have even more control over the coffers, right? So, I really think that's a bit a bit at the heart of it. Is a lot of corrupt people know like what's the 
best way to rip off a country? Well, go communist. You know, and then after ten years, once you've stolen all the money from your fuck from that fucking country, uh, then you go back to capitalism, and now you fucking are back to capitalism, but you own like way more than you would have ever owned if you didn't so, know communism before. Crony that. capitalism, crony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just and and historically that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's the ultimate con is communism. Like, you know, you wanna you wanna <laughs> rip off a, an entire country and con an entire country. It's it's that's how you do con, it. Con communism. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> but it's just because nobody's done it right yet, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the other people, did the, you know, when they started murdering millions of people with guns and starving out millions more, that was just like communism. They didn't implement it right, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, like, that's the argument. And I, I make this argument just to play devil's advocate against myself is like people say, like, well, like, look how corrupt the capital capitalist system we have is. And I believe yeah. this, that like, this is like crony capitalism. This isn't real capitalism. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's we so capitalism has a few points where it fails and um, monopolies are a point at which capitalism fails. So mm -hmm. in order to have a healthy capitalist country, you've got to have a healthy antitrust that's constantly working towards making ensuring that competition is happening. Happening at, at, at like as much competition as possible, and we just we're not doing that anymore, you know. And if you don't do that, then yeah, you're going to end up with this kind of fucked up version of capitalism, you know. And I mean, there's there's so many things like meritocracy has to be number one in a capitalist society. We're kind of doing away with that now with this diversity bullshit. So there's all these things that are very important for capitalism to work correctly that we're not doing. No. Right. Yeah, I don't. Fair. I don't know what the solution is, but uh, Biden sure ain't it. Good people running for office. Here's the problem. like The only people that are running for office right now are people that are power-hungry fucking people that have no interest in serving the country. They just want to get rich and powerful. And well, all Kanye, the good people... Bro. No, even Kanye's got that. But uh, right. all the good people who just <clears throat> don't really want power and don't and actually care for the country. Like those are not the people that are running for office. Like we need regular ass people to start running for office. Like you look at that trans Satanist that just got won the primary, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, dude, the why Republican primary? Yeah. Like there's so many good people that are not like it's, it's, it is kind of a, a, a duty that you have to your country to, I mean, back in the day, you go back to like Benjamin Franklin and George Washington. Like there were regular people that had regular fucking, lives you know they weren't career politicians and they did their service and they went back to their regular life and uh, mm -hmm. now it's just all these career politicians who are just corrupt as fucking shit man and mm -hmm. um i don't know i i think if if more people decided to start trying to get elected or trying to serve i think we'd be surprised at the kind of people that could get elected you know it's i i think some a lot of this is like we want to blame everybody else but a lot of this is the american people's fault like we've yeah. we've dropped the ball and holding our government accountable. That's definitely true. Mm -hmm. I I'll go ahead. No, I thought I heard you about to say something. No. Oh, your your meter popped up. I didn't. I didn't want to cut you off. <laughs> I've been rambling. Uh, hey. But no. Uh, there, there is. Uh, well, first of all, Dale Gribble. I am a high-priced Washington lobbyist peddling influence. <laughs> Who wants candy? <laughs> But yeah, no, there, there is a, that's a good point with like what, what the founding fathers were. Cause like they were, 
I mean, they were in the, I would say, upper tier uh, class-wise, but they they still were, you know, they had the best interests at heart. That's why I still want a Jesse Ventura presidency, man. <laughs> I yeah. love Jesse I feel, Ventura. I, I feel like Tulsi Gabbard uh, is a good example of a, you know, politician, but like the right kind of politician, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, like she, she seems to be a regular person, you know, um, yeah. she served in the military, you know, she, she seems to be honest and genuine, you know, she's, I mean, she's even, uh, she, she doesn't even hide her religion, which is, you know, Hindu. I mean, I've seen her post several things on her, like personal social media that, you know, I mean, it, it she, she seems to be like the kind of, like president we deserve, you know, as a country. I like Tulsi Gabbard a lot. It's a little, I don't know. It's, she just seems so out of place in the, in the, the democratic party. It's almost mm-hmm. like, they hate her. That's know, for sure. Yeah. Like, she, why don't you just become a Republican at this point? Because the people like, right, like you right. are Republican. Yeah. But she's too, she is like into the, like, there's a couple things that make her a Democrat, like the climate change, man-made climate change scam. Uh, stuff like that yeah. but like she in a lot of ways she's more pro-freedom than most of the republicans yeah. she's like a she's like a ron paul type in my opinion like i haven't told you gabbard i donated to her campaign i have a gabbard bumper sticker but there are a few things that give me pause like she's really presidential i like pretty much all of her policies across the board give or take a couple but she's on the council on foreign relations she has like these illuminati symbol posts and that's but she's still better than everybody else. Do I trust her all the way? No, I don't trust Trump all the way either. I don't trust. I mean, hell, I don't even trust Ron Paul all the way, but or Jesse yeah. Ventura, any of my dream candidates. But they are like light. All four of those are light years better than anything else. Well, what, what I really liked about Tosi was speaking up against the, the platform situation we have going on. You know, and to me, if, 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 if a politician's willing to call that out and say they're going to fix that. That tells me a lot because to me that is the ground zero of how the Illuminati or whatever the the fucking elites are going to fuck everything up is through these platforms and the control that they get through these platforms over information. So if you're willing to stop that, that tells me you're probably not on their side, you know. And who knows? Right. It might have just been lip service. But I was amazed at how little support she got from the DNC from the, the right. primaries. Oh, they called her a Russian agent and all that stuff. Right. And she, and she like, she was single-handedly responsible <clears throat> for destroying Kamala's campaign. Kamala dropped out yeah. and Kamala still got the vice presidency. But mm. And she was the only one that would have actually had any chance against Trump, in my opinion. Like, in I a straight, agree. not True. assuming, you know, her and Bernie. assuming they're not going to rig the election in a, in, a, in a fucking fair election. She's the only one that I think could hold, could hold her, hold her own and maybe even win in a debate with Trump. Yeah, I think she could be, mm-hmm. I think Bernie had more momentum than she did, but in a general election, I think she might fare better than even Bernie. Yeah. yeah I mean, once, it, once it came down to just two people, that, that changes yep. everything, right? From a primary. Exactly. So Bernie it, didn't have a backbone, you know, uh, yeah, to be Bernie's, able to, to stand up against Trump. Bernie, Bernie's lost a lot of his Bernie bros. The, the first election, like people were like, what the fuck? You just letting Hillary Clinton fuck you in the ass. It's not very yeah, cool. And then he let know? Biden fuck him over. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the, the, uh, Trump's right when he says a lot of the Bernie people are going to vote for him. They did. Yeah, they already did. You know, this, this is the thing. A lot right. of people like I was arguing with this dude on Twitter. Well, you know, uh, Eric Weinstein, right? I like Eric Weinstein, but he pisses me off sometimes because it's like some of these people have such an outdated view of the political landscape. 
It's like they're still living in 2005, watching The Daily Show every day, thinking, <laughs> you know, the, the Republicans are the are the, the neocons of Bush, you know? And it's right. like a lot of these Obama supporters, a lot of liberals, like I consider myself a classical liberal. We are voting for Trump because this is this is kind of the only real liberal option anymore. Like the, 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 the Democratic Party, like they've 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 corrupted the word liberal. Right. So that they're, they're actually progressives leaning on communists, but they call themselves liberals. But if you're a true classical liberal, that's not that's not it. You know what I mean? The Republican Party is the closest thing you can get to a liberal party anymore. And it's not perfect, you know, but uh, it's it's the one that's going to protect the First Amendment. It's it's like anything that a, a, a true classical liberal cares about, the left is shitting all over at this point. So, I mean, if you're a liberal, what's the problem with becoming a Republican? I don't get it. Like, people are stuck with these mindsets of like, oh, you have to be this conservative fucking um, angelical or evangelical whatever to be. It's like, no, dude. The Republican Party is a whole new thing now. It's it's and a, and a lot of us here are you know ex Obama voting liberals, right? Yeah, the only I mean, person I ever thing. voted for was Gary Johnson, twenty twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't vote for Obama because I just didn't vote. But um, if I would have voted in two thousand eight, I would have voted for Obama in two thousand eight, not two thousand twelve, because I hated McCain, I hated the neocons, I hated the Bush. I hated the Republican Party that that existed at that point, which mm-hmm. um, it was a corruption of the Republican Party, wasn't it? Yeah, you know. the, the McCain Romney Republican Party still exists, but they've been overtaken by uh, anti-war <clears throat> Republicans and QAnon believers. And I saw some yeah. hilarious thing. Anderson Cooper had this guy on, and he's like, they're flabbergasted while saying this. They're like, in today's Republicans Party, it's easier to be a supporter of QAnon than a supporter of Mitt Romney. We yeah, played that clip yeah. last episode, and it's just like good, <laughs> dude. Because there's so many Trump supporters who hated the neocons, man. Like yeah. a big part of what got me to go, oh, I, I like Trump, is when he started talking about the Iraq War. He started talking shit about Bush, and I was like, okay, I'm on board with this motherfucker. Not to mention yeah. the fact that everybody hates him. <laughs> and he was mainstream, hilarious. Yeah, any every mainstream outlet. It hates this guy, so that means he must be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't attack a president. Oh yeah. <clears throat> right. So, yeah, man, it's it's crazy. It, it's crazy, but I I wish old liberals who they claim to be classical liberals, a lot of them say that, but they're really progressives. Which, if you look it up, progressive and liberal are not the same thing. Um, but they they hide behind the moniker of liberal. They just refuse to 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 come over to the Republican Party, and and it's like, dude. The Republican Party is pretty fucking awesome. Like, I know a lot of people want to talk shit and all that, but you look at the history of the Republican Party and you look at the history of the Democrat Party, one of them's a lot fucking cleaner than the other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially with the Democrats, you know, uh, loving China. Sir, we love China very much. Please don't be too tough on them. (laughs) There's that, but then there's also, like, uh, to me... Like Antifa is just a new version of the KKK. It's the same playbook the Democrats pulled out after the Civil War to keep blacks from getting political power under the Republican Party. I mean, this is the same shit the Democrats have been doing forever. Like a lot of people don't realize the Republican Party, like the Republican Party in Texas was started by a bunch of fucking black people. Right. It was like 120 black people and like 19 white people. And it makes sense because the Republican Party is just the one that freedom from slavery. 
So, you know, the Republican Party came came about. Now they had a way to have a political voice. And what did the, what did the Democrats do? Because they knew it was bad news for them. They started the KKK, went around lynching black Republicans. So, I mean, the, the Democrat Party has had a history of doing this kind of weird shit. And I think Antifa is just another instance of them pulling out the strategy of having a little militant group under their wing that, you know, is not... I mean, but yeah, everybody knew that KKK was Democrats back then, but now they, they kind of pretend like they weren't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. The, the mean, whole party flip was really weird how that happened. I, I mean, don't know that party flip's bullshit. Antifa's getting funding from somewhere, too. You know, I mean, you know, uh, George Soros and, and, and many of the elites, you know, uh, it's Whoa. it's not like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, oh, watch not- it. Okay, we got to, we got to. For safety, we gotta cleanse the room now. I love Jews. Anytime you talk bad about Soros, you gotta play the Jews rock song to keep from getting deplatformed. <laughs> so, but you guys are on Spotify, so you could, are you guys at risk of being deplatformed, or how's that work? Well, we are on Adam Curry's new um, podcasting 2.0, podcastindex.org. That's cool. Uh, so. So that's deep, uh, the only people. So we, yeah, Spotify could kick us off, but the only people that really could deplatform us is Squarespace because that's where our RSS feed is. Which the yeah. I did see, like I did, I had never heard until recently Squarespace deplatforming anybody until the the frontline doctors when they started talking yeah. about hydroxychloroquine. Squarespace took them down, but that's so amazing. That we're not just... that high. Pro- yeah, we're not high profile enough for that. Even if you're a doctor, you can't have a medical opinion that this is it's like they're so, fucking doctors, dude. What yeah. are you doing? It's, it's crazy, man. Doctor, scientist, epidemiologist, virologist, yeah. all getting banned. It's so funny. Hey, uh, what's everybody? Uh, what's everybody drinking on? Well, I just finished a tea, man, and I, I don't drink. I just smoke a lot of a lot of weed, <laughs> but I don't drink. <laughs> I drink occasionally. Not same here. Now, how's the laws in Texas for that? You know, um, about a year ago, they, they decided to stop pursuing, um, maybe a little longer than a year ago, pursuing charges for small amounts of weed because the CBD became legal. Mm. And the testing to tell the difference between is too expensive or some shit like that. So apparently, if you got a, a small amount, they don't give a shit because it's I not just worth heard, the- um, I just heard somebody talking about this in <laughs> Texas. Maybe it was on Rogan since he just moved there. <clears throat> it was it Curry. It was somebody they were like talking about. Like, yeah, Curry was probably talking about it too. Yeah, yeah it was like they, when CBD yeah. got legalized. It's kind of the same thing here, honestly, because you can go to into most gas stations and get like a gram or an eighth of CBD. It looks and smells just yeah. like regular bud. So, like, like if you just we were talking about that at work a long time ago. It's like, what's stopping anybody from putting real bud into a CBD like bag? And keeping yeah, the receipt yeah. from the gas station, like the cops aren't going to want to go through the whole hassle of like going to get it tested and all this stuff. Every yeah, time they find a note. Test, getting it tested costs a lot. And it's not exactly. worth it. It's just yeah. not worth it. And I mean, to be honest, San Antonio, Austin, like I live in San Antonio, so I have a different. But there's, it's still a very progressive city council. It's a very progressive mayor. And, uh, you know, to me, this is just their way of legalizing it without have actually legalizing it, you know. Um, right. That's one thing, man. If I could get on Trump's fucking advisory board, I'd be like, dude, you need to come out that you're going to legalize weed. The election would be over tomorrow if you oh, said you're going to legalize yep. weed. Because there's so many win, people. He'd win 50 yeah, states. 
Yeah, because there's so many people from my generation that you can call it fucked up, you can call it stupid, you can call it selfish, but our number one concern is legalization of marijuana because we don't want to... I mean, think about it. Like, Yeah, it sounds stupid, but if if you like smoking weed, you don't want to have to be worried about being arrested every time you leave your house. You know what I mean? So it becomes a number one concern for you because you don't want to deal with being arrested. So, I mean, there's a lot of people that are still, I think, only voting Democrat because of legalization of marijuana. Yeah, no. If Trump, if Trump came out and did that, it'd be over. Oh, and you're right. right. It, like, they, and it's not necessarily just a selfish thing because, like, I don't smoke near as much as I used to. But it's a freedom thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a freedom. It's a freedom thing, and it's also like if you're talking about criminal justice reform. I mean, there's people still in jail for that shit that shouldn't be yeah. there. Yeah. So to me, it's like, why? Who, who is advising you not to do that? Because if you if you're afraid that you're going to lose Republican support, you're 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 off base. Because yeah, it's probably it's Kushner. Not, it's not the Republican Party that it used to be. There's a lot no, of not. fucking liberals yeah. who, um, shit, there are probably a lot of, you know, universal health care people that are Trump supporters that would love universal health care. But to me, we got a, a way more shit to worry about before we worry about health care now. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, we we might not have a country in 10 years yeah. if things yeah. keep, like, going the way they're yeah. going. So, like, yeah, we got to get China off our back and... um Get just there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, people like that are working really hard to keep Americans at each other's throats and divided. Yeah, yeah. I you think need to get those a, people the hell out of here. I think if he could just go after a couple of people and lock them up, it would send the message to the the larger group. Right. Who's your so top three? To lock Gates, up Soros. Yeah. Yeah. Gates, Soros? Soros is two, two of them. You gotta you gotta find a way to lock up somebody from CNN. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to get these, just someone from CNN. Yeah, you know? Zucker's the head. Yeah, you just got to show them that, like, look, because I I guarantee you, if you really went over CNN's whole thing with a fine comb, the way the Department of Justice can, they would find something that they've done that can be considered illegal. I think you could find something that could be argued this treasonous, you know. Um. And you just, I mean, you have to find a way to get, if, if either that or, or honestly, to be, to be fair, if you just fix the, the social media landscape and you made these platforms act like platforms, I think in the long run that would kill off mainstream media or it would make them evolve so that they could survive in the new landscape because now they would have competition. Cause that's kind well, of the were- main problem. There's no, they don't have competition. And then they did have competition mm-hmm. through YouTube and independent media, but YouTube's kind of squashed that. To a certain uh, extent, yeah. I, like the, I, we've been talking about this a lot, but I agree with you that the the dinosaur cable news media and print, like New York Times, Washington Post media, they would be out of business by now if the open internet was totally free and there was no shadow banning or censorship. I, I really believe that. If not already remember, gone, they'd be on their way out. Yeah, yeah. I just remember 2016, like guys like Six X and Hammer and all. all the, I can't remember all of them, but a lot of independent people were covering the election brilliantly and factually, and um, they were getting way more views than all these fucking channels. So if you look in 2016, someone like Six, they'd have hundreds of thousands of views, and then you go look at Fox News and be like eight thousand views. And that, to me, that's and, and now with the new algorithms, there'll be like a CNN video with 600 views that's on the front page of YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So of course it gets millions of views. Yep. You know, 
Like when um, like uh, Elon Musk and Alex Jones are on Joe Rogan and you have like, you know, 800,000 people watching live or more, whatever the number is, like somehow yeah. it's not on like the trending page. Yeah, exactly, man. So to me, if, if, if uh, government can get serious with enforcing that Section 230 and saying, look, if you're a platform, uh, the only time you take somebody down, I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing with landlines. You treat them just like we treated AT&T back in the day. You know, it's like you can't yeah. stop somebody from having a landline. If they break the law, you're not responsible. You know, if they break the law, you call the fucking police. You know, and it's the same thing. It should be the same thing with, with, with YouTube. As long as somebody's not breaking the fucking law, i.e. going on and saying, hey, let's go downtown and murder somebody, you know, some shit like that, mm. then it stays. And if they That's do some bite. shit like that, you call the police, you know? <laughs> yeah, I should have prefaced that soundbite with something else. <laughs> I was eating jalapenos during the break. <laughs> too easy to cut that. Oh, don't worry. I'll cut it. Um, I, <laughs> I have got to take a leak really bad. Y'all talk amongst yourselves. Cool, cool. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. Yeah, me neither, man. Fuck it. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, have you have you uh, seen the uh, most recent Joe Rogan interview with Edward Snowden? I, I don't know, man. I have a hard time watching the ones where they're not in studio. I watched like the first five minutes. I might go back to it, but um, I know there's a I, lot I of good information. It. I know there's a lot of good information in there, but I just get bored real quick with Snowden for some reason. Like really. I start I start tuning it's, out. It's, it's, Chris said the same thing, but yeah. I, I don't. I didn't get that reaction. Uh, I found him very interesting. Like I, I, his cadence or something like that was very interesting to me. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, it's like the thing is I know all this shit already, so I don't want to sit right. there and watch a two or two or three hour podcast about shit I already know about. Right, right, right. And it's it's like I, I just want to laugh, Joe. So bring on, uh, you know, bring on Theo Vaughn. <laughs> Bring, right, bring, right. I understand you know, that. I, that. That's I what I'm looking that. for when I'm when I'm watching Joe. I want I want I want craziness. I want him to be doing shrooms and getting right, drunk as right. fuck. And I'm interested screaming. to see. Uh, I'm interested <laughs> to see what happens with his whole uh, comedy club and everything like that. We'll see if it happens. I mean, I know uh, Cap City Comedy just went out of business, so that creates a space. I know? think he so, said he's definitely going to do it. I think I heard him say that on one of his podcasts. I can't remember which one, but he said, uh, like, for sure, that's something that he wants to do. So he sounded like he wants to do it out, like, in the country, too. Like, he doesn't want to do it in Austin. He wants to, to build it out there, which would be pretty cool yeah, because I, I, Austin sucks. Like, going down to going downtown Austin is, is like, no fun anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I, I figured it'd kind of be like an exclusive type club, you know, something like that where, uh, you know, or, or at least half exclusive, you know, or pretty expensive, something like that. But, you know, I don't know. Who knows, man? Who knows? But I mean, he could he, if anybody could pull it off, he can. Because I know I know he mentioned not even being worried about turning a profit, you know, like so if you're not even worried about turning a profit, you can right. make it work because comedy clubs, right. you know, they're For not sure. always going to turn you a profit, man. For but sure. yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. You know, yeah. I'm more interested in this whole Spotify move. Like, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> yeah, because I'm still, I'm still like, so far, it's, it seems like I'm going to be all right. But I don't know. I don't know if all of a sudden they go Spotify and all of a sudden my videos are all blocked worldwide or some shit. So I don't know. That's that's what I'm waiting for. When he goes exclusive, mm-hmm. how is that going to affect? You know, I would assume I'm all right because my videos are fair use and transformative. 
But at the same time, that hasn't stopped people from trying to claim my shit in the past. Right, right. Oh. Mm. We'll see. I, I really wish he would never have made this Spotify move. I don't really think it's a... I mean, it's good for him to pocket $100 million, but I don't think at the end of the day... I think that's that's going to be the, the big shining factor is that $100 million for him. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be necessarily great for the show. You know yeah. what I mean? I think yeah, I'm with, YouTube I'm with you is there. a better home. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Or start I mean, his own I would, website. <clears throat> right, or that, or that. He could he could uh, copy Adam Curry's value for value yeah. of some sort, you know, uh, something like the, that. He has the power to build a whole new platform if he wanted to. Like, if, if right. Joe Rogan was to start a new platform, it would be day one competing with the bigger platforms, you know. That is the interesting aspect of the Spotify deals that it did put a number on, you know, Joe Rogan's, uh, uh, the, the value of the industry, I guess. Yeah. You know, the yeah. podcasting in general. Uh, kind of put a number to Joe Rogan's power. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can offering, see that. offering to moderate a debate between uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. That's, I mean, that's significant, you know. Uh, and then yeah. uh, Donald Trump taking him seriously. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's Joe Rogan going from UFC commentator to power to influence the U.S. election. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I think he's had this yeah. power before. It's just people didn't recognize it as much. Like, unless you, unless you were following the Rogan podcast. I mean, if you, if you've been oh, following sure. Rogan, you know how, how much influence he has over a big right. sway of this country. Right. But, um, that's also one of the other things that's kind of put me off is you remember the old Rogan was like, Oh, I'm a fucking cage fighter. Uh, I'm a fucking UFC commentator. I, I smoke weed. Don't listen to me. You know, don't listen to what mm-hmm. I have to say. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just, I'll, don't take me serious. And then all of a sudden right. like, that kind of changed to where like somebody got into his head and it's like, Oh, you're the new Larry King, dude. You have a responsibility. Right. And it's I like, think... no, stop. You just have fun. That's what's made. That's why everybody right. likes the podcast. Yeah. That, 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 uh, that definitely was a huge change. I think I heard him say something about, um, yeah all of a sudden finding it like a responsibility or something like that. He was like yeah. with the number of people who are listening to him, he, he just yeah. for some reason feels compelled to like have to like take his job a bit more seriously. Uh, yeah. Which, I, I mean, that, I don't know. But I, yeah. But I, at the same time, I, I don't because it's like, that's not what made your show so big. Right. Right. People right. didn't tune in no. to watch another stuffy fucking Larry King type. People tuned in mm-hmm. because you're smoking weed and doing shrooms and talking about crazy shit and just right. not giving a fuck. That's why people liked it, man. Exactly. It, was, it was something you couldn't get anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind of wish I mean, you would still just be like, fuck everybody. Like, look, don't listen right. to me. I'm, this is just fun. We're having fun. Like, stop. You don't have to have a... Pol- and then when talk, hearing him talk about politics is so frustrating because he's such a fence sitter and he just... Sometimes he's not very informed on things, or at least he pretends like he's not. And it's like, why even talk about it then, man? You know, because he's, right. got to, he's got to walk a line there. Because if, if I go and admit that Trump's right about something, then I'm going to have 50% of the audience in my comment section telling me I'm a piece of shit. And if I say Trump's wrong, then the other 50% is going to be calling me a piece of shit. And it's like, right. You know, it's just why I was going to say get, the same thing. He walks that yeah. line like he, he tends to he'll say one thing that sounds pretty like a socialist, you know, or a pretty liberal. And then he'll say another thing that sounds libertarian or like very conservative. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's nice know. to see him. He's, I think he's finally because if you remember one of his old stand up bits, he talks shit about the Constitution, basically like, oh, this was written 300 years. I forget the exact nature of the bit, but right. basically the Constitution was written, uh, written by people who wrote with feathers yeah, and rode horses. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't fit in today's. And I, I totally disagree with that. I think the Constitution is the perfect document to follow. And, and we need to go back to following that to a T. And um, now when you saw him, Tim Kennedy gave him the Constitution, the little pocket Constitution. And he was talking it up like, yeah, it's amazing how mm-hmm. these guys wrote this great. And it's like, OK, maybe you're finally with this lockdown now. Right. You're finally understanding the importance of the Constitution, because if, if, if this lockdown doesn't wake people up to go, well, wait a minute. You know, what about the Constitution? Then I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck will, because we need to get back to that. We need to get back to following the Constitution. It's a living, breathing document. It's, you know, it's what makes us a republic and not a democracy. Yeah. And it you is know. the supreme law of the land. And if, you, if you're breaking that law, to me, you should be locked up. If you're a governor that is mm-hmm. telling people they can't fucking, they can't assemble. <laughs> right. You're, well, you're, Bush, Bush broke that law and Obama broke it even further with arresting journalists <laughs> like Obama did and, you know, declaring or like having wars without Congress approving it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah. Yeah. If I, if I was president, I mean, I, I would probably be called a dictator because I would be going after a lot of people because I mean to me it's like how long do we allow people to do this kind of shit to just you know ignore the constitution just take away people's rights start wars over lies you know it's just I don't know I, I, I I'm definitely still waiting on the thousands of sealed indictments still waiting <laughs> fingers crossed yeah dude it's it, it, 2020 your vision I mean, if we could at least just lock up Hillary Clinton, you know, I'm yeah, sure it's, yeah, I'm sure there's things we can find on fuck. I mean, like, look at Joe Biden with what he did in, in Ukraine. You're telling me that's not illegal? Ukraine, what, what, China. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can lock these people up. Like pe- the, the government has gone after people for way less than shit like that. Right. So we yeah. have this situation where you have a class of uh, a political class that's above the law and that that's got to be put to stop. And how do you do that? You just got to lock people up and show them that they're not above the law anymore. Right. Right. My I'm uh, epileptic. My uh, memory is incredibly faulty. Uh, Is Ghislaine Maxwell in custody? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And still alive. Amazingly. Yeah. Do you want to you want like we haven't talked about it all in the podcast. Noah, do you want to like fill us in on why you missed a couple episodes and all that shit? Because it's it's crazy what you've been going through. It's terrible. Oh but right! Also, like, uh, it's real trippy too. Like what you have, you how you've described what's going on. Yeah, I uh, I went to sleep on Saturday night, and I didn't wake up until uh, Monday afternoon. Uh, started having a bunch of seizures and uh, was sleepwalking for like a day and a half. <laughs> really Damn, wild. Man. Yeah, yeah. Did I'm having like a lot of. Uh, I'm I'm epileptic. Uh, so it's the first first time you've you've had uh, symptoms from it. No, I've I've had seizures uh, and and I had them in March, um, uh, in in May I believe, and and in July. Uh, it started this year though. But yeah, it started this year. Yep. Yeah. Is that CBD oil? People people take that shit for you, right? Yep. Yep. That's what it I'm. It seems like it helped a lot. Like at least in the onset of it. It has been, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
this this came out of nowhere. I, I, it's been really really odd. Like I've been having lots of crazy symptoms, like uh, recognizing people that I uh, uh, don't know. Like I'll <laughs> see somebody and I'll be like, uh, they somebody just they look so familiar. But, yeah. And we're like making this like intense eye contact, and, but we don't know each other. <laughs> Maybe you some, do, man. Maybe you yeah. do in some other fucking DMT realm, you know, right, in some other right. life. Well, right. yeah, no, that's a that's a point you made. Is like it it almost seems like it might trigger like a DMT release or something on the onset because you said something like it feels like you're going into a dream or a trip when you uh, when it first comes on. Right. It's it, it is it is very weird. It it feels like that, you know. It, uh, when I when I think back to the the past couple of days, it's it feels like a dream, basically, you know. So probably the stress of all this shit too. I think there's a lot of people's, um, you know, stress triggers a lot of shit. And right now we're going right. through a very stressful time as a nation. So you know, yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But uh, do you guys mind if I step away for like one minute? I just want to get something to drink. Be right back. Yeah, no worries. I'm going to, in fact, man, I, I got to use the restroom real quick. Oh, okay. I'll play a song while you guys are gone. How about that? Sounds good. I am going to avoid uh, small aircraft, hot tubs, canoeing in any water in D.C. And uh, what else should I be on the lookout for? What are you, what are you doing? Well, I laid out the, the vape wars. I explained the scandal. Oh, and I took it, I, and I've become like a hero of the vape community all of a sudden. Uh oh. Sitting in his car before the Rogan show, what should he talk about? He didn't know, but he got out the car. He was living the dream. He had an idea for the non-life stream. Adam blew a thick cloud. From his favorite vape And then he put on His favorite vape man came Brought up the vape wars In second hour And once he hit that blunt He knew for shower That he had to protect That vape in his hand So he went on along Along vape wars ran he exposed I cross on the big show and now he's on the run from Arbor Road. So he ran back to Austin. Ain't never gonna stop. Gonna keep on talking. Gonna keep open his favorite vape shop and be the prince force heroes. From big tobacco, stay out of my heart. I hope it doesn't get too excited, but it's probably gonna happen. You know, try to put money on it. And the vape community is like, I'm the hero. I'm the hero of the vapors. <laughs> I need a vape cape. Wow, you're gonna have the vapors. But as I was thinking about it, and actually Rogan made me think about it, he says this is like kind of like who killed the electric car, and I thought to myself, oh crap, I got to be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be uh, stay out of the hot tubs. 
I'm back. Okay. Noah just went off to use the restroom, so. Yeah, sorry about that, man. I had fucking no, dry good. mouth. Uh, <clears throat> it's a good, good little stopping point. I'll find a... Yeah, I listened to the um, clip you sent me with the uh, Hotep with it or whatever. What we were talking oh, the, about. Oh, the, what was, was it a clip yeah. or the podcast? I don't remember. Where you, no, the, where you all were talking about Meet the Alien and then talking about DMT and then it cut out for 20 minutes in the middle of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, damn, oh, yeah, that, that was a good was... conversation. I, w- I wish that this, it wouldn't have lost those 20 minutes, man. And it was like right in the middle of the deep shit that it happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's always a fascinating topic. Even for I had me, a backup but... recording running too, and then I went to the backup recording. And it had the same glitch, so got oh, a little sucks. too close to the truth or something. I don't know what happened. Yeah, man, those those DMT gremlins came through and fucked up the audio. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Hotep with it said he uh, saged his whole house after that happened. After after we that you conversation, lost the minutes? no, really? before that. <laughs> But I told him I lost the 20 minutes. He was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. After that conversation, we, I saged the whole house because some of the creepier shit got lost, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seemed like y'all were going into some some creepy realms. But, uh, yeah, tell him he's got to get an exorcist, man. I don't know about that sage shit. You know, yeah, Catholics <laughs> may, be, may be crazy, but we know what we're talking about when it comes to that shit. <sighs> <laughs> so are you, are you still a practicing Catholic or just raised Catholic? I was raised Catholic, yeah. I stopped going to church, like, and once once I became old enough that I could tell my dad, no, I'm not going. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there, I mean, yeah, there's, I think every religion, even like the bad ones like Islam, there's something to them, at least in yeah. some aspects. Yeah, there's a lot of people that need it, man. Like, they need, especially in today's society, so many people are lost. Like, they just, they don't, you need something bigger than yourself to live for, whatever that right. is. And that's why atheists like gravitate towards extreme leftism. Yeah, and then they do. They don't have anything else. They start thinking they are a god. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it's something that like everybody has described, like the messiah complex, whether brought on by psychosis or psychedelics, is it's a real thing. Yeah, the must like I I mean I, I spent like at least three days thinking I was Jesus one time. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. This was years no, and years ago. You. It's not hard to go down that route. You know, you yeah. start thinking you can rationalize it if you want to, you know, like, oh, we are all mm-hmm. gods. You know, we are all capable of, you know what I mean? It's, and and who mm-hmm. knows? They might be right, but I don't think so. You know, I, I tend to think <sighs> I, I like to think of, 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 of what really trips me out is when you think about like the dimensions above and below. Right. Like um, you think about atoms and shit like. To us, an atom is just an atom. But what if an atom is much more than an atom? You know, and what if we're an atom? You know, like if you get, you, you go, you scale up large enough that we become that tiny, we become the size of an atom. What's that existence? There might be whole right. things living in that existence that we're just an atom to. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, it's interesting to think about all that shit. But at the end of the day, who, nobody knows. Yeah, nobody knows anything. <laughs> it's all just guessing game. Yeah, there, like there's been times um, I've been just absolutely convinced through like, you know, interdimensional direct experience, like moments where it's like this was like the most real experience that's ever happened to me. And, yeah, that's you know, where, like, where it's like it takes a couple of weeks to recover and like get back into the matrix and real life doesn't seem real because what happened was so real and you feel like, you know, everything. 
but yeah. like looking back on it, it's always feels like a dream. So, but I know there have been times where I was convinced of a spiritual realm and an afterlife and everything, but yeah, there, it's not like to a point where I could like definitively tell you about it, but I do believe that it exists on some level. And I believe yeah. there's, there's more real realms than the one we currently occupy. Yeah, the one thing I'm for sure of is that the atheist view of the world as if we're the only thing that exists and when we die, we just disappear. I, that that to me is 100% for sure not the case. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree with um, that. Yeah, I wonder if, if uh, reincarnation sometimes is is, uh, is real too. Sometimes that kind of seems like I used like to think it was total bullshit, man, until I had a couple near-death experiences and it, now I think it might be legit. Yeah, yeah. So you've so you've done when you've done DMT. A lot of people say it, it feels more real than than real life. Is that the the experience you had? Yeah, that's got to yeah, be strange. Sure. And what, it's not yeah. just that; it's like other things that are like that have been like uh, like whether it was with or without the use of drugs. There's just experiences I've had that make me like. I don't know, like you, like the the thing you hear always hear is like you 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 see your life flash before your eyes. Like I've had that happen, and it was like an eternity of my entire life. On, uh, like, like from birth to death at that moment that I was dying and literally believed I was dying. From an NDE. <clears throat> uh, from what? From an NDE, a near death experience, or from DMT. Uh, allegedly, this one was LSD. So the first time, LSD way and... too much. Yeah, so way too much. A, you had took way too much. Was... This was about a sixteen-hour experience, but um, probably. So you had six, that, that kind of near-death experience from doing LSD. Yeah, I can. I, I can. I was convinced that I was dying. I was absolutely convinced that I was dying. Yeah. Um, and then. Like none of us had ever taken it before. And I'd taken mine like 30 minutes before my other friends. I was at a stranger's house. I was watching mm -hmm. a nug of weed turn into a caterpillar and crawl around the table. <laughs> I saw the moon. This was before I died. We were out on this deck and I, I saw the nug of weed like just crawling around like and every like the longer you looked at everything, every molecule was like an infinite geometric like turning itself inside and out over and over. And everything just was so vivid. And I saw like the moon up in the sky. Once I looked at it, just kept getting closer and closer until it took up the whole sky. And then like lasers, like bouncing back and the red lasers, like connecting all the stars together. And by that wow. time I was freaking out. And so I went inside and, and like, I couldn't tell if I was talking or like my friends were talking. Mm -hmm. And so I like went inside and lay down. I don't even know whose bed it was. Cause I was like this dude, I'd never been to his house and was convinced at this point I was dying. Like I couldn't breathe. And I was like, Oh, I like took like something's wrong. I'm dying. And then that's when like I had just basically came to terms with the fact that like, Oh, I just died because I took some drug. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so then like, I like I'm hearing voices and I, I basically shoot through the like universe and land in this, it's it's a memory of a memory, so it's kind of hard. It's hard to tell exact. It's hard. It's just hard to describe. But I saw like my entire life from birth to death bared out, literally like a life review, 
but it wasn't from my perspective. It was from the perspective of everybody I interacted with. Yeah. Whether like all the good and bad things I did and like just seeing like mm. feeling their emotions, like and just seeing myself from every other person's interaction with me for like my whole life. Yeah. And then and it was it was very it was a very Christian, like biblical experience. It felt like. And once I finally Sounds came like to it. once I finally like came to the conclusion that I was like a piece of shit and not worthy. And like there were voices in my <laughs> head, like saying like, Oh, like it, and there was like, it was like a, it was like a spiritual battle going on in my head. Like I'm already at this point. No, I'm dead. I'm in the afterlife or whatever. And all of a sudden, as soon as I like accept my unworthiness and like surrender to whatever's going to happen, I just, all of a sudden, like the most beautiful colors, the most beautiful music I've ever heard my entire life before or after just like flood in. And I like when Gandalf, like, you know, said he spent a thousand years, a thousand lifetimes flying through the cosmos. That's what it was like. And I like spent like at that point, I was able to zoom out and see the whole universe and I could at will become any person or any animal or any bug or any plant and experience what it's like to be that and then zoom back out. And experience being everything. And this went on wow. for what felt like an eternity. I had no memory of like my former self until mm. after like a while. And this this literally was like I was outside of time. It was crazy. And then after a while, I like had this feeling like, oh, I have to be like, I can't stay like this forever. I still have more work to do or more learning to do. And but keep in mind, I'm not explaining this as as it happened. It's a memory of a memory of it. But yeah. So then, like, I had this, like, feeling like, oh, I have to, like, incarnate again and, like, be a, go back to being a person. And I thought for sure I was about to be born as a baby. And so, like, I felt like, like my, a heartbeat start. Like, I was, like, like, I, I knew, I knew, I didn't know who I was, but I knew I was about to be born as a baby. And it felt like an orgasm. Like, my whole body had, like, feeling again. And I, like, my heart started beating. And then, like, I woke up and I was in that bed and slowly... I like my memories came back of like, Oh yeah, I'm Chris. Like I'm not like God. <laughs> yeah. And crazy. for about two weeks after that, it took it like nothing seemed real in the real world. Cause that was felt so real. So yeah. Anyways, suffice it to say, I didn't believe in reincarnation until that experience. Do you think it's possible? It's all just uh, like a dream state that feels more real than a, than a normal dream because of, I guess, whatever chemicals. It's possible. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I think it's still like, I think this, mind I think this reality we're in right now is very likely a dream state as well. What's a dream state? A dream. You're dreaming. You know. Yeah, I think this might be a a dream that we willingly yeah. enter. I think um, there is something to be said that like we see like like there's a filter and it removes the filter, right? Like, that kind of can make sense. But are you familiar with, like, the Tibetan monks and, like, how they consider, like, death and the way they pray over? Like, if somebody dies, they'll pray over them for two weeks to help them navigate through the spirit world so that they yeah, can right. Be, like right? the so Tibetan like, Book of the Dead. Yeah. So what they tell you is, you know, you're going to encounter all these demons, but the demons aren't real. They're mm -hmm. basically you, right? And the key to making it through is to not be scared and to keep moving. And that's kind of part of why they keep chanting. They're trying to lead them 
to keep them moving because what happens is you get stuck on a demon and the demon scares the shit out of you and you stop moving and then you come back as a as a platypus instead of a human <laughs> yeah. if you keep you keep moving you make it all the way to the end then you come back as a human again right but it is interesting because it's almost similar to dmt right because you're going to see all these things but are those things real? Is 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 that the right response? What the Tibet the the monks say, which is just don't don't be scared of it and keep moving, you know? No. Yeah, I I think there I think there's something to that. Um, I I don't know. It's the problem with like talking about like the Tibetans broke it down and the Buddhists broke it down in a lot of ways, and every religion has their own way of breaking down how the afterlife is going to work. But the problem is like it's more than likely the original ideas are all based on the same general experience, but just like my personal story, it once, once you try to translate it into some kind of doctrine yeah. or guide book, it, it, it's uh there's a, the filter of the human being. Yeah. Like the direct, yeah, the experience itself like has to filter through a narrator and, yeah. The narrator yeah. always has their own interpretation of what happened. Exactly. But, exactly. It can it can be interpreted. Inter- it can be taken differently, and you want the same experience can be explained in thirty different ways, depending on how you interpret right. it from your own culture and beliefs and all that stuff. Right. Well, right. I don't know, but next time, if anybody does DMT, do it from a religious standpoint. I want to see what happens. Like if you go in and you start seeing demons or something and then you start saying all this uh, religious stuff like, you know, talk about Jesus or Jesus is my my protection or you know what I mean? Like like shit, my, my aunt is like the most. Oh, to see Catholic. if the demons like r- run away. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. Because my aunt. Yeah. yeah tell I've me what that. would happen. Like if you were like. It works. You know, you, they, yeah, they, they vanish. They vanish. Yeah, because when you, aunt, without even saying it out loud, you just think it because you're in the astral realm at that point. But no, it, I've, tr- I've tried that twice. I've talked with uh, my buddy Sam about that because that blew my mind. Yeah, and yeah, it, because uh, there were beings that I'd had like long term contact with that have I've never seen again tripping after I did that. Yeah, which makes yeah, me wonder. Because, well, I mean, coming from my Catholic background, where I, you know there is a real fear of demons and satans and stuff, you know. Like what my aunt would say would be like, you know, call on Christ and, you know, just have Christ with you the whole time in your mind, you know. Yeah, and the, uh, the, it works. Um, now, yeah. like certain people would argue, you could have called on Batman and that would have also worked. And I haven't tried that, so I don't know. But like, uh, you know, in Chaos Magic, I think Duncan Trussell was talking about this. Like, you can summon, or you can make contact with Buddha or Jesus or all these, you know entities or like your dead parent or you know whatever but Batman, like huh? theoretically it could be a fictional character too and i haven't tried that yeah but um there it's it's hard to tell how much it is and it, maybe it's not one or the other maybe it's not all in your head or all just spiritual because it to me it feels like the physical realm is kind of all in our head as well yeah yeah i mean have you ever been able to control your dreams yeah lucid dreaming we just did a whole uh episode on that not too long ago i'm trying to get back into it i've only been able one dream i was able to actually realize i was dreaming and then change the ending one time okay let's hear it well i was really young 
and I was dreaming that Freddy Krueger was coming after me on a, on a fucking <laughs> uh, uh, one of those buses, like straight out of the movie. Like, yeah. I, you know how dreams are. You remember just a little bit pictures here and there. So right. I remember like him chasing me in this bus, and then all of a sudden I realized, like, wait a minute, this is a dream. Like, I, and then I just started kicking the shit out of Freddy Krueger against a tree. He was like against a tree, and I just started beating the shit out of him. And uh, that's <laughs> the only time I ever felt like I took control in a dream and was like, hey, I control this shit, you know. And it might be because that's what happens in Freddy Krueger movies too, right? <laughs> like the, the the like at the end they realize, oh, this is a dream. I'm in control. Isn't that how they usually beat Freddy? Have you have you yes? It is. Have you seen Waking Life? Uh, sounds familiar, but I don't think Alex I have. Jones is in it. Uh, Ethan Hawke. It's it's like um, I don't want to give away Very too much of movie. it, but really good, especially if you're take a little mushrooms. Um, Waking Life is that the one with Keanu Reeves too? No, but it's the same director, uh, Scanner Darkly, okay, yeah, Keanu Reeves, Scanner Robert Downey Jr., Woody Harrelson. Yeah, it's it's okay. uh, Waking Life is a lot more philosophical, um, and it's it's basically like this dude floating through a dream state and talking to all these interesting people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want Alex Jones in it. Yeah, he's like driving around with yeah. a megaphone. I can pull up I the clip. He, maybe I thought he wasn't. So he he plays the same character as, as Scanner Darkly. Yeah, he's in Scanner Darkly too, but he's just yelling on a megaphone, and then the feds scoop him up and throw him in a truck. Okay, so okay, <laughs> I got it now. Yeah, because I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I've never seen it. I've only seen Scanner Darkly. I gotta check yeah. that out. Yeah, Waking Life. I would recommend at least smoking, if not uh, taking a little bit of mushrooms. But it's it's incredible. And uh, why did I even bring that up? It had something to do with dreams. Oh, you know, they give you tips on how to lucid dream in a couple parts of the movie. So the method they tell. Because have you ever have you ever practiced while you're awake, trying to um, like train yourself for when you're dreaming to re- recognize you're in a dream? No, no. This is like th- there's a lot of methods to do it. The one in the movie they talk about is getting the habit in while you're awake of making sure you can turn the lights on and off. Because like in a dream, if you can't turn the lights off, then you recognize your dream, and so if you're th- because basically what the dude says is like, you have to, to release a dream, you have to be able to ask yourself, hey man, is this a dream? And most people yeah. never ask themselves that while they're awake, let alone while they're asleep. So if you get in the habit of doing that, as soon as you realize you're in a dream, first what's going to happen is you're going to wake up. And now that I'm getting back into lucid dreaming, that's usually what happens is I like as soon as I re- like let it on, let on or recognize I'm in a dream, I'll wake, wake up. up. But once you're yeah. good enough at it, then you can just do whatever. Like I've, you can, what he, he's right when he says it. You in can write life, the he's narrative like, of the dream. <laughs> you can, you can meet whoever you want to meet. You can fly around. You can meet any celebrity or philosopher, whoever you want to meet. You can have any kind of sex with you want with whoever you want. Like yeah. the possibilities are endless. But yeah, Jennifer um, Love Hewitt, I'm coming, baby. Yeah, <laughs> 2000s Jennifer Love Hewitt, I'm coming. Yeah, 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 no, man, that's 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 it. Because I have other dreams where I've realized I was dreaming, but it ended the dream. It does. Like had, yeah, it ends uh, the, the dream. The only other time I remember that happening is uh, I lost my best friend in like 2003. He got in a car wreck and died. And then a, a few years later, I had a dream where he, he came to me in the dream. But then as I was talking to him, I was like, wait a minute, this is a dream because you're dead. And then that was kind of the end of the dream. Oh, yeah. dude, that's okay. I'm tripping out now. <laughs> um, we, we When we did our podcast on dreams with Bull After Bull, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean, yeah. Spencer told... Almost the exact same story. He said, yeah. like, his 
his best friend died and then like he kept having dreams about him, but mm-hmm. he started recognizing that it was a dream and then like that would end the dream. So to like keep talking to him, he would have to like know it was a dream, but not but act in his dream like it was real so, so that the dream wouldn't end or that his friend wouldn't disappear. Yeah. Really yeah, interesting. All the, mm. all the other dreams I had with them were normal kind of they didn't end like that because I, I didn't have too many, but I had a few where it was just like we were back hanging out again, you know, like uh, yeah. dreaming of like having a dreaming of the old times, like playing basketball and shit like that. And yeah, uh, yeah. It, it is kind of weird. That does. I think I've heard it from a lot of people where they, they lose somebody and then they see them in their dreams, you know, which yeah. makes sense because they're in your mind, you know, whatever's right. in your mind is going to come out in your dreams. So, Yeah. No, that's, I mean, I guess like if you, I, I think there might be a spiritual component to that. Like maybe you are making contact with me afterlife, but at the same time, it's like, I still have dreams where I'm in like my childhood house. Yeah. So, but, uh, aside from the turning the lights off and off on and off the, the method to like figure out your dream and that I've always used and seems to work is while you're awake, every time, every single time you walk through a doorway, not when you're dreaming, but just in daily life. Every time you walk through a doorway, turn around and make sure it's still there. Because in the dream it wouldn't be. In the dream, mm-hmm. if it's not there anymore, then you're like, oh, this is a dream. And then you can get down to business. Um, but yeah, I'll, uh, since you haven't heard it, uh, if you want to hear at the Alex Jones clip from uh, Waking Life, sure. it's pretty. Uh, he's he's to set this up. He's driving around screaming into a microphone that's connected to a big megaphone on top of his car. And the further in it goes, his face goes from being normal colored to like redder and redder and redder until it's like just full on purple as he screams. City Hall. I love this. Death and taxes. Don't talk about politics or religion. Enemy propaganda rolling across the picket line. Lay down, GI. Lay down, GI. We saw it all through the 20th century. And now in the 21st century, it's time to stand up and realize that we should not allow ourselves to be crammed into this rat maze. We should not submit to dehumanization. I don't know about you, but I'm concerned with what's happening in this world. I'm concerned with the structure. I'm concerned with the systems of control. Those that control my life and those that seek to control it even more. I want freedom! That's what I want, and that's what you should want! It's up to each and every one of us to turn loose of just some of the greed, the hatred, the envy, and yes, the insecurities, because that is the central mode of control. Make us feel pathetic, small, so we'll willingly give up our sovereignty, our liberty, our destiny. We have got to realize that we're being conditioned on a mass scale. Start challenging this corporate slave state. The 21st century is going to be a new century. Not the century of slavery, not the century of lies and issues with no significance, and classism and statism and all the rest of the modes of control. It's going to be the age of humankind standing up for something pure and something right. What a bunch of garbage, liberal, Democrat, conservative, Republican. It's all there to control you, two sides of the same coin. Two management teams bidding for control, the CEO job of Slavery Incorporated. The truth is out there in front of you, but they lay out this buffet of lies. I'm sick of it, and I'm not going to take it. 
take a bite out of it. Do you got me? Resistance is not futile. We're going to win this thing. Humankind is too good. We're not a bunch of underachievers. We're going to stand up and we're going to be human beings. We're going to get fired up about the real things, the things that matter, creativity, and the dynamic human spirit that refuses to submit. Woo! Yeah. Humankind's too good. We're going to win this thing. I love that. Another life. He could have been an amazing fucking leading actor. (laughs) I I turned that down because they're a bunch of child molesting Satanists. So that was a that was Alex Jones 20 years ago compared to Alex Jones current day. Yeah. So uh, you either you, you either die the prophet or you live long enough to see yourself become the meme, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I love Alex, but he's you great. have to understand that he's also an entertainer and he's mm-hmm. trying to get he's trying to keep people watching his show. So a lot of people, they take everything he says so literal and seriously. And it's like, dude, it's clear like he's trying to keep you entertained at this point. You know, it's like there's a, there's you say a level the same thing there. about Trump. Yeah, exactly. Because you have to balance it. Like, if you want to keep people's attention, you can't just be a professor the whole time. You yeah, you can't be, be Edward Snowden. Well. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, man, I, I love Alex Jones, dude. I always have a soft spot in my heart. And I, I wonder if they scripted that scene out, or if they just said, "Okay, Alex, here's do your thing. We're gonna record it and take the best lines." It's hard to tell because so much of that movie seems off the cuff. It just seems like yeah. a it, that movie almost, even though it came out, you know. In 2000, I think it was the whole movie, there's scripted dialogue, but like a lot of it just seems like a podcast or an interview that they animated. Yeah. If I ever, I mean, I'd love to make a movie someday, but if I ever have the opportunity to direct a movie, I would do so much ad-libbing. It'd be ridiculous. To me, like the best way to do it is just to have as much possibility as you can when you go to edit, you know? So you just want to have as, as, as many lines. Like I'd be, okay, here's the scene. And then after we do this scene... Just fuck around for like an hour. Let's just keep doing the scene. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, let's see what happens. Because sometimes that's when brilliance happens, man, when it's ad-libbed. You know? I think more, that's... More uh, so when it's scripted. Right. I think that's part of the magic of um, a, show, a show like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. where it's like they have a basic plot line, but there's no way it could all be scripted because it's basically five people yelling over each other for most of the episode. <laughs> yeah you know it's like it yep. seems like it's like a, they have a there, there's a plot and and honestly over the however many seasons they've done now the character development and writing is up there with arrested development like it's really like well thought out but at the same time the specific dialogue you can tell they're just like improvising constantly and yeah that's some of the best kind of, shit kind of the way um curb your enthusiasm does it like they have the right. overall story like okay so you're mad because you know i stole your peanuts or something all right go <laughs> you know and, and, and yeah. then they just they ad lib they improv you know and sometimes the, the shit you come up with is shit you could have never wrote down you could have never scripted out that's so. one of the beauties of uh who whose line is it anyway yeah yeah that was a great show back in the day man yeah. Wayne brady <laughs> do they they um some of that shit was like, like I, one of my friends, I ended up watching with him most of the DVD set, and it was like uncensored Who's Line. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because it was on ABC. Yeah. So if they like made a joke about Mickey Mouse, like the censors, like they left all this on the uncensored version, like the sense, like dudes in suits would come out and tell them they can't talk about that. 
or they would have yeah. like stuff about gerbils and because like Richard Greer, whoever it was, had like the story come out that he stuffed a gerbil up his ass, like a joke about a gerbil, just a benign joke about a gerbil. The ABC censors come out and they're like, oh, we can't talk about that. And it's it's really not only way funnier to see it uncensored, but it's also funny to see what the Disney censors would come out and stop. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's going to hurt their bottom line that they think. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it oh. sucks when you get all these corporate fucking people in in, in the uh, in the soup making decisions because it always ruins it always it, it, it takes i mean it could still be good but it's not going to be as good as if you didn't have those fuckers in there trying to pull you back you know i think that's what's happened to south park the last couple seasons uh, yeah i haven't watched south park in a while man i, I it sucks because i've been a big south park. I, I don't watch much anymore dude like like you're talking about always sunny and the rest of it, those are still two shows that everybody loves that i've never seen so oh, I, mean, man. I, I need to go watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because I do love Danny DeVito. So, I mean, I, I know yeah, I like it. Yeah, that's a great but... show. Yeah, Always Sunny and Arrested Development are two of the most impressive shows I think I've seen other as far as like sitcoms go. So, like, what's the last scene is in a South Park you saw? What was going on there? <clears throat> I think it was the one where they were um, doing the superhero thing. I kind of got I just it just didn't appeal to me. Like oh, with all... the uh, BP oil spill? Is that like the, we're sorry? Was that Captain Hindsight yeah, and all that? Yeah, no, I just remember like the Coon, Coon you know, <laughs> Coon and whatever. <laughs> Coon and Friends. Yeah, Coon yeah. and Friends. Yeah, like it just, I don't know. I just kind of tuned out. But um, I don't know. I have a hard time sitting down watching things anymore. I just, I just, like sitting through a movie, I will take me like 10 sittings before I get through a whole movie. Like I just. And then a lot of times I just have so much other shit I want to do than just sit down and watch something. You know, right. even, yeah. I used to play a lot of video games. I can't even play video games anymore. It's like yeah. I can't find any. I can't find a good game <laughs> that actually makes me want to play it. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm with you there, man. I like I used to spend a lot of time playing video games, and now I'll maybe play video games one day a month, if that. Recently, I play for like 15 minutes and then I'm bored. You know. It's like there's no, I just I don't even, have that, I like even, doing the podcast and then like work and like, you know, all the like yard work. It's just like I don't have the I can't find the time in the day to play video games like I used to. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I'll play like it like, you know, you got to take some time off at a certain point And it's like I, I can't find anything anymore when I take my time off that I enjoy the way I used to. You know, <clears throat> indie games seems... are pretty good. I don't like the block, but like the Halo, the Call of Duty all that shit doesn't appeal to me anymore, but I do like like a little indie game that costs ten or twenty bucks and is just like unique. I like that kind yeah. of shit. They're hard to find though, man. It's like it's like every gaming experience out there is one I've already had. Right. You know, it's hard like, to find something original. Yeah, something that's a new experience. Because that's what I you know I loved about games. You get a new game and it'd be a new experience that you never had before. You know, in a game. But now it's like I don't know. I guess they've run out of ideas or they've. I don't know. It's like there's nothing new. Like even like Mountain Blade, that was a really fun game. If you ever played Mountain Blade, well, I got Mountain Blade two, thinking, okay, well, Mountain Blade one's good. And it's like it's the same fucking game. Yeah, it's the same. Well, game. that's how all franchises are, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, this is very disappointing. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I know it's the same game, but I would think you would have taken it to a new level and added all these new things to make it even. But no, it's the same game. Yeah. yeah, that uh -huh. goes back to my complaint about how South Park's been the last couple seasons. Like, they, I mean, they're really self-aware. Like, they'll make 
they've been making jokes like during the Caitlyn Jenner thing and all that. Like even since then, they have like PC principal who's like the politically yeah. correct. And it's like they're self-aware, like they're talking about like, oh, it's going to like Kyle and Stan are like, we have to be more sensitive. And they're like, this is going to be really hard. And it's like they're they're talking, you know, it's basically Trey and Matt expressing how they they have to be in a more PC environment, but they'll still make yeah. fun of PC stuff. But like, I don't know, they uh, this month, like season 20,000 or whatever season they're in now premieres. And it's mm-hmm. uh, the first episode is going to be a pandemic uh, yeah hour-long pandemic special episode and it's like i want i really want to see him take the piss out of like all this bullshit going on in 2020 but i'm i'm nervous because like they've i don't it's like there's like the last season had some great stuff in it but it's not like the pure solid gold that it used to be i don't feel like it's still one of the best shows on television but I got yeah, HBO Max, and they got all the South Park episodes. So I started about a month or two ago trying to watch it again. Maybe I'll give it another shot. But uh, you well, know, they did ban all about- the they banned six episodes on HBO Max. All the ones that make fun of Muhammad, and the ones that make fun of how you're not allowed to make fun of Muhammad. Those did not make <laughs> the older, it. Yeah, I forgot what season that was. It's pretty. It's a pretty old old one though, right? Yeah, I saw those back in the day. But uh, yeah, I mean, you also got to factor in how how long they've been doing that show. It's it's hard to do a show that long and keep it fresh. Twenty five years, like yeah. That. Like you burn out. There's a certain point where I'm sure they're just like, okay, well, we got to do this show because this is what everybody wants, and they'd probably rather be doing something else at this point. <laughs> I wish they'd make another movie. What was the last one they did? Like Team America: World Police or something? Yeah, it's a great movie, man. Team America was awesome, but um, might have been the South Park movie. I forgot which one came first. No, South Park was a little while before that. Okay. They, I mean, they yeah. did Book of Mormon, and I saw that when it came to town, and that was a masterpiece of a musical. Um, but, they, but they haven't made that into a movie or anything, right? It's just still just a musical? No, I saw an interview where they were like, the only way we'll make it into a movie is if Justin Bieber will agree to play the lead. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an, that's an odd... Uh, that's an odd uh, No, it's, it's perfect. That's perfect stuff. It would be pretty good. Like, Justin Bieber would play... Before he got all the tattoos, he'd be a great Mormon. He doesn't yeah. have face tattoos, though, does he? I don't think so. He'd still be a great Mormon. <laughs> yeah, they can, can cover be, it up. Can you have be a Mormon while, like, what if you have a tattoo? Justin um, Bieber can. <laughs> I'm sure you remember, they like, you. Yeah, it, there was a line in one of the songs, like, I believe, um, in Book of Mormon, who he's talking about everything he believes in. He's like, I believe that the Garden of Eden was in Jackson County, Missouri. <laughs> and then, like, there's one of the lines, and it's actually like so much of that musical is true because I had to look up some of it. And it's like, I believe that in 1982, God changed his mind about black people. And it's true, like, you weren't allowed to be in the Mormon church if yeah. you were black until the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of more, man, I, I had a, a real well, a friend that was Mormon. I don't know, every Mormon I've ever ran into has a lot of money. So I don't know. Yeah. And they're nice as shit. They're one of the friendliest yeah. cults ever, except for Mitt Romney. <laughs> Yeah, this dude was really cool. Like, he would let me stay at his house when I was in town, and he had a big-ass house, and his parents were always cool. I got nothing to say bad about Mormons, you know. Jehovah Witnesses, too. Every Jehovah Witness I've ever had. I had a friend that was Jehovah Witness. They, they both come knocking cool. to your doors, though. Yeah, I mean, like, other than that, but I mean, well, I, I mean, just do the door. I used to go knocking on people's doors for Christianity, man, so. Yeah. You got to save souls, man. Yeah. And it's crazy too because my friend had had to go spend two years in like Africa 
working mission, doing missionary work. Cause like every Mormon's got to go do two years of missionary yeah. work or some shit yeah. like that. Yep. And I was like, damn, I couldn't even imagine being forced to do that. Yeah. That's what, the whole, that's what the whole play is in book of Mormon. It's like, he wants to get sent to Orlando, but they end up getting sent to Uganda. It's like Uganda, <laughs> like Lion King. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's rough. It was a, it was a fucked up play. Like it was definitely, I, that was one thing that blew my mind about seeing book of Mormon. It was like, the most blasphemous, offensive thing I've ever seen. And a bunch of old gray-haired Broadway fans were giving standing ovations to almost every song. Like, I only saw a couple of old people walk out. It's yeah. pretty mind-blowing. Wow. I mean, you know, if, if you're if they're liberal or leftist or whatever, they love it, they love it anytime you bash. Yeah, but there was shit about, religion. like, fucking babies and fucking frogs <laughs> and, like, sticking your dick in a frog's ass. And it was like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is, like, crazy shit in that place. Is that, is that, what does that have to do with Mormonism? Is that a Mormon ritual? Because <laughs> well, in Uganda, it's, like, the only way – he's, like – they're, they have like a lot of Lion King type songs. There's a uh-huh. song about how all of the everyone in Uganda has AIDS, and it's like the locals believe that the oh, only okay. way to cure AIDS is to have sex with a virgin. But unfortunately, there aren't many virgins left, so a lot of us are <laughs> fucking babies. <laughs> There's like a scene yeah. where it's like a little baby doll, and he's fucking, and it's just like shit like that. It was like, oh my god, <laughs> it's crazy. That's, that's the worst part because that's actually factual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty yeah, that's nuts. Pretty yeah, man. No, but the, uh, the songs in that were great too. But anyway, enough about Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I could suck their dicks all night. <laughs> yeah, you know what? My favorite show. It's still my favorite comedy that I've seen was is Eastbound and Down. That's still my favorite. <laughs> I show. I just finished rewatching that, dude. That's a great show. I got I got to rewatch it again too. I don't think I've had more fun watching a, a comedy than that. Did you watch uh, the Righteous Gemstones? No, on no. HBO. It's only, I think it's a one and done season. I don't think there's going to be a season two because the last episode seemed like a good ending, but it's, uh, it's Danny McBride. It's like a, it's like a three sons or something like that. And they're like televangelist preachers and John Goodman's like the grandpa. Oh, you sold me already. If it's got Danny it's, McBride and John Goodman, I'm watching it. Yeah. It's, it's on HBO. It's, it's a righteous gemstone. So it's hilarious, dude. It's, it's really good. It's, it's exactly like an eastbound and down type show. Cool. Yeah. I got to check that out. I love John Goodman. He's Did great. He, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Big Lebowski is still one of my favorite movies of all time. What is your favorite movie of all time? Of all time? God, that's Lebowski's always hard up there. to pick one of all time. Yeah. Lebowski's up there. I don't know, man. I couldn't pick one. Like I could name a bunch that I put in put in the top, but I couldn't pick one. It'd be too hard. But you and know what? You have a number one. Uh, I mean, like Big Lebowski. Let me see what else is out there that that uh, I could think of. I mean, because a lot of them are just like stupid comedies. Like if I think of like the the most fun I ever had watching movies, they were all comedies that I was laughing my yeah, ass like off. Yeah, like Tropic Thunder and Hot Rod are up there for yeah, me. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber. I laughed my <laughs> ass off as a kid watching Dumb and Dumber. Like, that is I don't a think great I movie. ever laughed so hard. When he's, that little fight scene at the restaurant, you know, like <laughs> there's so many fucking amazing, like uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I laughed so hard. Like, oh, dude, I was right. a huge Jim Carrey fan, you know. I was so, too, like I said, till I followed him on Twitter. They're all dumb comedies. You know, actually, I, I remember Jim Carrey, like in 2009, he created a website that was fucking insane. Oh, like, it was yeah. The most Super artistic. interactive, like, yeah, wild. yeah. And I remember was, I sent him, I sent him I a message. I wonder if he still has that up. 
he actually replied to me. I sent him a message. I was like, dude, this is the most creative fucking website I've ever seen. He was, he just said, thanks. I was like, Oh shit. Jim Carrey replied to me. Oh, is it Jim Carrey.com? I don't remember, dude. I, I, I probably was. It was, I know it was like 2009. I remember that. I remember, I remember it was a long time ago. At. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone and, now. Uh, if it's a dot yeah, com. It was an insane website. Like if you went there, I've never shoes, seen anything you, like it. Yeah. You, you would have lost your mind. <laughs> you know, that shit was crazy. <laughs> Well, I have my answer for best movie of all time, and it's Oliver Stone's director cut of JFK. Okay. I, that, okay. That's up there for me, too, man. That's got to be my top three. I mean, I'll, what's going to happen is I'm going to start remembering all these movies now because it's like Full Metal Jacket. That's got to be in my top. That's a Dude, Kubrick is, yeah. yeah. Any movie yeah. Kubrick made is pretty much going to be in my top, like, 50 at least, if not honestly. Waking Life like, might be uh, one of my top three. Yeah. Clockwork it's Orange. It's up there. Clockwork Orange is good. Dude, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. I just watched um, the sequel to The Shining, Dr. Sleep, with Ewan, Ewan um, McGregor. Yeah, I remember seeing that somewhere. I was tempted to watch it, but I was like, eh. It's on HBO now. Like, I haven't watched it's the director's good. cut, but I watched the regular one. I, like the wife and I watched it. I thought it was really fucking good. Isn't it like, um, cause I know there was a lot of, uh, like Stephen King wasn't really happy with the direction that, it, that, uh, the original shining went right. Yeah. Even so though I it's like considered one. his best movie. <laughs> yeah. But like Kubrick took it in kind of different directions. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I heard, I don't know if, I, if this is right, but I heard that this one is kind of more accurate to Stephen King's vision of it. Right. Maybe, yeah, kind of, but it yeah. still, they really did a great job of working in all the visual aspects of the original Kubrick film. Cool. I, it's, I uh, it wasn't what I expected, but I really liked it. And then, honestly, <clears throat> I hated the first It. Like, I love the one with Tim Curry as Pennywise but in the yeah. 80s. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the new It, I did not like the first movie. But the yeah, second movie with it. Bill Hader was actually, I thought, really good. The first one, I, I, I rented it or whatever online, and I couldn't make it through it. And yes, the first It gave me nightmares for a long time, just like The yeah. Exorcist. I, I watched The Exorcist and It way too young, and that shit, terrifying, man. It's so terrifying. Like, the the scene where they're in the shower, the guy's in the shower, and, like, the, the drainage. Like, I used to be scared, fuck, I used to go to take a shower and just looking at the drain, I'd be, like, shitting my pants, man. Just from that scene. Dude, yeah. I'm trying to... Um, when I was, like, real little, like, maybe, like, between eight like eight or nine, I saw, like, that t- couple Twilight Zone episodes, like, the one where... Uh, I might have even been, like, six or seven when I saw this one where William Shatner sees that, that gremlin on the wing of the plane. He's like, there's something on the there's wing so- of the plane. There's something on the wing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that sh- wing of the plane. <laughs> that I was like every time like I was in my bedroom or somewhere for like a year after that I was scared to open the curtain because I thought that thing would be there with his face pressed against the window yeah yeah and the- that was uh, <laughs> that's classic shit right there that's why that's on I went back and watched it for the first time in like years and I was like this it's is cheesy, the goofiest right? shit I've ever seen yeah. it's so bad <laughs> it's like an Ewok it's like a cross between an Eskimo and an Ewok just like on the plane wing just it's so bad when it comes to horror, man, there's, there's just, there's, to me, a few standouts when it comes to actually being scary. And it's like The Exorcist and fucking... Exorcist is... 
Like those two, like the exorcist was, I remember I was probably four or five. My mom was watching it and dude, I, I just, she, she should never have done that. <laughs> well, that, that's what, it, that's like a, the exorcist and Rosemary's baby, um, are like two movies that were like a little too close to how actual demon possession works. If you talk to people that have been around it, like, yeah, no. Yeah. The exorcist is, is, is based on mother sucks story. cocks in hell. It's like, a yeah. God. <laughs> Like the the real the real version the real what really happened was a boy in St. Louis that it was based on. Um, they just I mean they changed up a few of the details, but it's pretty accurate to to a, I mean it's basically a true story. Um, that's the scariest part. <laughs> what do you think about the Evil yeah. Dead movies or like the new show oh, they made them. with Bruce Campbell? I love it. I love Evil yeah. Dead, man. I love the Army of Darkness. I, I you know I love the immersion um, of comedy and horror. I don't okay, know what it is. What? I think you'll really like um, it too. Like not the okay. it, not the new, it, not the original it, yeah, but the, the one the where sequel they, they or the new. Because yeah, in the sequel they all come back as adults, and like Bill Hader's like um, grown up, and he's like a stand-up comic. And I mean, it's not like the perfect movie by any means, but I enjoyed it enough to where I bought the DVD afterwards. So, and I think about it. You know what's the movie I've probably seen the most in my life because we had it on VHS. You remember Clue, the movie Clue? Tim Curry, guy? yeah, yeah. I love that fucking movie, dude. I love it's a that classic. movie. I still have lines stuck in my head because of how many times I've seen that movie. To run down the hall, stab the cook. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great movie, man. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to the Abs and a Six Pack Movie Review episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, seriously though. Uh, thanks for being here, Ping Trip. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks and for having me on. We will have everything that people need to. Uh, we'll have. I mean, if you want, we'll link your Twitter, but definitely your YouTube. Anything else to that we can link on the website, brother? Oh no, man, that sounds good. Yeah, Twitter and YouTube is right. great. I uh, I can't tell you how many friends I've like shown your videos and just. Yeah, that's I, I meant to say this like when we first started, but dude, like there are a few YouTubers that I like watch their videos and literally have tears in my eyes from laughing so hard, and you were one of them. So, like, cool, props man. to you, dude. Yeah, I appreciate then, that, like, man. And you you come for the memes, and you and you stay for the knowledge because you got some like that censorship wars video you did is like spot on, top notch. Oh, the one that starts off with JFK. Yep, and yeah. Yeah, dude, that oh, yeah. that that Thanks, like it's almost that. like giving me chills. Like some of your videos too. Like, dude, I anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to kiss your ass too hard, but I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. That's <laughs> that's what I do it for. You know, at this point, I, I if nobody's watching it, then I'm not making them. So there's guys like you that actually like it that I keep making them for. So appreciate you. We'll keep it coming, brother, because it's it's good. And uh, yeah, links to find Pink Trip will be there, and uh, Darren. O'Neill, our our boy. Let me see if I. <laughs> Darren O'Neill was kind enough to spell out our uh, our website. If I can find <laughs> it, uh, here we go. A B S N A six the number P A C K dot com. <laughs> there we go. So it was yeah, it, it was confusing for a lot of people. So now now you, now you got Darren there to uh, spell it out for you. So cool man. But yeah. Um, 
and sending major health karma to you, Noah, because I know you're going through some shit right now. Love you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Hey, it was yeah. good to talk to you, Pang. Yeah, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, good luck with the, hopefully that CBD oil will keep the demons in check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to pl- uh, play this out with a tune. Y'all take it easy, and uh, I'd love to do this again sometime if you're down, man. Yeah, anytime, brother. Anytime. All right. Y'all have a good night. Good morning. The local newspaper, Le Parisien, is reporting that a fire alarm went off here at Notre Dame Cathedral shortly after 6 p.m. on Monday. But a computer bug showed the fire's location in the wrong place. The paper is also reporting the flames may have started at the bottom of the spire and may have been caused by an electrical problem in an elevator. Have to pay Reichstag burning down, kick the Jews out of town. Go for talking bay of pigs, build a pipeline with me. Iraq, Afghanistan, a part of the master plan. Things are looking good. Operation Northwoods, Monsanto, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Enron, Syria, Yemen. Here we go again. Chemical attack facade, gotta go attack the side. We didn't start fire. But we know who did, and we need to invade them. We did not fire. There's babies in incubators, George Bush, 9-11, Dick Cheney, Halliburton, Fear of Eel, Sorry for Toros and They got male pipe bombs, they were big but still wrong. Republicans, Democrats, Jesse Smollett, MAGA hats, drone strikes, yellow vests, Julian Assange arrest. Gotta maintain control, the terrorists on payroll. Name Palm, Vietnam, Move on Fire, Notre Dame. He did fire.